0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: You're very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. Delighted to be joined by Tony Frawley, the CEO of MacMarts. Mac Mart's software. Tony, you're very welcome to the show.
0: Thanks very much, Reen. Delighted to be talking to you today on a, a relatively gloomy Monday, Monday morning in uh, in Ireland. Sure is. What part of Ireland are you at the moment? We're based in Limerick, actually. Yeah, so we, we've had uh, we've had poor poor weather over the weekend. It's been raining nonstop, so we're hoping the sun starts to shine soon.
1: Are you a Limerick hurling fan?
0: Oh, I am absolutely. Yeah, um, we suffered long enough, Reen, so <laughs> we're enjoying uh, we're enjoying our. Uh, I suppose, our spell over the last few years and certainly looking forward to the semi-final this weekend, you know.
1: A magnificent team to watch. All my family, apart from me, are from Kilkenny, so I'm a I'm a Cats fan. Um, I'm um, I i don't know whether I want us to beat Clare, which means we have to face Limerick, which I'm terrified mm. of, or lose to Clare like we did to Cork last year, but then not face the batter in the Cork got.
0: Yeah, well, certainly, you know, um, I don't think Brian Cody will be too worried either way, to be honest with you. Um, Kilkenny always show up for the big occasion and look, he beat us in 2019 in the semi-final he, certainly Brian Cody mm-hmm. outsmarted us and if uh, if that hadn't happened would you believe we'd be we'd be targeting a five in a row this year, would you believe, if we get over the semi-final, so yeah, it's ex- an exciting time I think uh, wow. Limerick is certainly buzzing in anticipation for, for the game of the weekend and hopefully now we, we can deliver, you know
1: Absolutely, once it's a good game is all I ask for um, Exactly. So with that I'm assuming I know I looked at you LinkedIn. You went to secondary school on LinkedIn, but Limerick fan, I'm assuming you grew up there. What was life like growing up in LinkedIn? Uh, LinkedIn, Limerick, sorry, <laughs> take it back.
0: Yeah, Limerick, uh, Limerick's a great place to, to, to be born and rare, to be honest with you, it really is. Um, um, I spent a couple of years working away. I lived in the Australia for a while. I lived in Dublin, but I always had a hankering to come back to Limerick. Um, quality of life is great here. Uh, I went to school um, in Mungert National School, um, which is going to be a huge school now. Just outside uh, Limerick City, and then I went to secondary school in St Clement's College, um, again located in Limerick City Centre. So, a yeah, great place, a, a real, a real, um, a real great place to be if you're a sports enthusiast. So, I played mm-hmm. all types of sports. Um, we're a sporting mad city. Um, Limerick has unfairly gotten a very bad reputation um, mm-hmm. from you know the wider wider media over the last few decades. Completely unjust, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I'm a very proud Limerick man. I have to say.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Beautiful place. I've been many times to Limerick and you're right. It does get, I haven't seen much lately, which is probably a positive. Um, I want to move into, you know, you said secondary school, then you went to university. When I looked at your LinkedIn, the, the overarching message was you studied marketing, but you went to a variety of different colleges. First of all, let's start with why did you pick marketing?
0: Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I guess for me, um, very early on, I, I always was interested in business. That came probably from my from my father. Um, mm-hmm. My father worked in business um, from a, from a very small age. I always watched him coming through the door with his briefcase in the in the evening time. So I definitely knew I liked business studies. When I went into secondary school, I had a very influential teacher who, very sadly, passed away uh, a number of years ago, called Bernard Doyle, and he was a business studies teacher in St Clements College. Superb mm-hmm. teacher and mentor, I have to say. So that probably really copper fastened my I like for business studies and when it came to doing doing my leave insert, it was it was all business studies subjects that I wanted to do yep. and when I decided to go to college it was going to be something to do with business studies so I actually I selected marketing uh, at the time in uh, Limerick Institute of Technology which has recently been been renamed to Tus. Um, and so it was a marketing course I, I started off doing and I actually transferred then into the new business studies program which was founded in LIT when I had just uh, I was going into second year of marketing and business studies and became a four-year degree program. I transferred into that then gotcha. in, LIT, in LIT.
1: That makes sense. You mentioned uh, Bernard Dunn being uh, the teacher, being a, an influence on you. That's a question I typically like to ask people. They can, if you go back to your childhood, they can typically pick three to four people whether friends, acquaintances, family members, teachers that had a massive influence on them. Other than Bernard, is there anyone else out there that you feel that had an influence on you in your early years that's helped you become the person you are today?
0: Yeah, but that's a great question. Uh, you know, your formative years are ex- extremely important. Definitely, mm-hmm. my family, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I, I obviously had mentioned my my, my father earlier, and be, being the businessman and going on to have a great career himself. But I would say for sure, my grandparents uh, would have had a huge part in uh, the person I've become today. Uh, my parents were very young uh, when I when I was uh, when I was born, so I had four grandparents Rian, alive up to a few years ago. Would you believe? Wow! So I spent a huge amount of time with them. Um, they taught me an awful lot. Taught me a lot of the values that are very dear to me still to this day. Uh, how to treat people, um, you know, how how to how to appreciate things and be grateful in life. So I would definitely say my, my four grandparents would have had a huge part to play in my, um, um, in, in, in how um, I was reared, you know? Yeah. Well,
1: shout out to your grandparents. I want to move on to the work experience side of things. Um, I, I, I've got notes here. I'm looking at them right inside. If you see my eyes span, but focus on your previous roles first, before we go to your current position. Uh, if we roll back to the years, 2003, you spent uh, almost a year as a marketing executive, at cook medical three years then as an account executive, Smurf at Kappa, another Mm. year as a marketing manager, uh, and then 18 months as a commercial manager uh, at Norman Lauder. That brings us up to 2010. So within all those years, 2003, 2010, Mm. variety of different roles, I'm sure uh, uh, a ton of experience. But if you can pick perhaps one or two skills or behaviors that you improved or learned in those years that has helped you in your current position as CEO is there anything you can pick off and I guess what I'm getting at the question is statistically anyone who goes out by themselves as an owner it, normally late 30s early 40s and I'm a big believer in going to get an experience working for other people and then going out by yourself and hence the question.
0: Yeah it's a, it's a great question so you come out of college you try and find your way in the world. I spent my first couple of years working in, in a number of different roles at different companies. Um, so to answer your question directly, I would say there was two things. Yep. Number one, the importance of team is absolutely extremely important. And, uh, you know, I, I, I learned that very early on in my career. And the second thing was the importance of understanding how important the customer is to your business. I had a superb um, sales manager when I worked in Smurf for Kappa. And he taught me so much, much more than I could have ever learned around how to look after a customer when I was in college and how the entire business uh, depends on looking after your customer, understanding your customer's pain points and and developing solutions around that. In fact, I remember him telling me one day that Tony said a lot of people don't realize this, but the customer has the power to fire everybody from the board down. So we must look after the customer. The, The business exists because of the customer. So I've always been extremely customer centric. And I guess... That's the here in me is go to the market, understand who your customer is, what are their problems, what are their pain points, and what solutions can you deliver to make their life better. And that's how, you know, I, I still hold those principles today. Uh, that and building a very strong team around you to look after the customer. It's not, it's not rocket science, really, you know?
1: Yeah, I like that line of the customer has the power to uh, get rid of anyone from the board down. That's 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 mm-hmm. one I'm going to rob, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, no again, just before we jump on the MacMarts, another thing I noticed on your LinkedIn, you might want to spend a couple of seconds giving it a shout-out, is uh, Cleanest Foundation. You're a board member there yourself.
0: Yes, I am very, very proud to be a board member of Cleanest Foundation, uh, an incredible charity started by Brendan and Terry Ring after the very sad loss of their daughter, Cleanup. When their daughter was uh, was was sick and undergoing treatment for a number of years, they recognized the financial struggles that other families were having uh, in relation to the non-medical costs associated with caring for your child, so they're the things that people forget exist for for mom and dad. They're the, yeah. the accommodation costs, parking costs, bills, all that kind of stuff. And after Kleena passed away, they started Kleena's Foundation in her honour, built a super team around them, um, very strong board board members, um, and th- I think that that's it's 14 years now in existence. So I've been a board member. For the last three years, um, and look, we're we're trying to support families who are looking for financial assistance. Uh, they're in dire straits, and and we do every month. Unfortunately, we get more applications from families who are who who require assistance um, during a you know a very difficult time in their lives.
1: I will leave a link in the comment section wherever anyone's listening watching this, if they want to learn more about Cleanest Foundation. But Max Max, CEO. You'll do a much better job at the elevator pitch or 30-second commercial than I will. So the mic is yours, Tony.
0: Sure. Well, I guess is a is a scale-up company. Um, originally, the software was built by our pairing company, Macnovation. It was built in 2017 to help um, bring together disconnected systems to help manage spend and manage suppliers in one central repository. Um, and it, w- it was very successful for Macnovage and They actually showed it to one of their core customers at the time who are having a particular challenge and problem in uh, in that same area. And we actually deployed the software to that to Mactivates customer at the time. So they've been using it since 2017. And last year, the founder of the company, Michael McDamara, decided to actually take the software MacMarts and spin it out from the parent company into a separate software company, which is now called MacMarts. It's a spend optimization platform. So it helps primarily manufacturing companies to optimize their spend. So, expedite and speed up the purchasing approval process, ensure companies are getting value for money by putting business into a competitive arena, and ultimately to bring control over their spend. And that's a huge challenge for a lot of manufacturing companies. They can't easily identify where their actual spend is at in real time. So if you're running a particular cost center, you'll be managing your budget, but you won't know where your your actual spend is until The end of the month, typically when you get your spend report, so it's hard for you to catch overspending early on, and that's in a nutshell is what our software solution delivers.
1: I can certainly see the potential in the the growth of the thing, the the software. Um, I noticed that you moved into a, if I'm correct, ten thousand square foot HQ earlier this year, late last year. So there's obviously growth plans on the horizon. Um, one of the tools I like to use is a tool called CARE, K A R E. Essentially, just draw two lines across a paper, horizontally and vertical, and put K A R E in each of the boxes keep, attain, recapture, and expand. And they're focused on accounts. So, what accounts I want to keep, what accounts I want to attain, what ones I want to recapture, and what ones I want to expand. I want to focus on the A, which is the attain part. And I'm curious hmm. to know how do you plan to attain or go uh, win net new logos over the next? 10, 12, 18 months with the growth plans in mind, what are some of the way the, the uh, the, the I'm going to get the wording wrong here, but the best ways for you to acquire net new customers? Is it at uh, conferences, networking events? Is it cold calling? Is it tapping into referrals from current customers? Talk me through some of the, or even content creation. Talk me through some of the ways that you're, Uh, planning to grow and land net new logos over the next 12 to 18 months?
0: Sure yeah no it's a really good question I guess the company where we're at at the moment at the the stage that we're at um, where we can get real predictable revenue streams from is in our outbound prospecting process so I'm sure of course marketing is important as well in some of those areas you talked about content marketing and networking for sure but we've developed a go to market strategy which is a very highly automated outbound prospecting system uh, to speed To speed up that process, so we're using LinkedIn Sales Navigator to develop our pipelines. We're integrating with Seamless, which helps to identify who the key decision makers' contact details are. We are using a CRM system then to build out the pipeline, and then we're using a software solution called Outreach to manage the entire sales engagement, uh, which automates a huge part of that of, of that say, that prospecting process for us. And that's something that's very predictable. Once you're quite clear on who your ideal client profile is, uh, Mm. that's the key part of this. So we have a very small commercial team at the moment. It's myself and a new senior account executive who came on board recently as we start to commercialize the software. So we're doing it at scale. Um, We're we're laser focused on the types of decision makers and industries that we're targeting at the moment based on where the real need is, uh, where the real pain is. Um, And we believe that this is a repeatable process that gives us control and predictability in our pipeline. You know, we 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 play we we can play the numbers much more accurately that way, I mean, as opposed to waiting for potential leads to come in on, on um, you know an, a blog post we wrote or a webinar yeah. that that we run. They will come in time, but for now, it's uh, it, it's it's that outbound prospecting process that we have in place.
1: I like to hear that you've identified your your ICP and your messaging and and the the pain sentences for those particular people you mentioned four things you leverage crm that's great to keep everything kind of on on top of everything let things slip through the crack seamless.ai fantastic tool there's a number of them out there i've used seamless and it's great to to get the correct data on that prospect or suspect whatever you want to call them sales navigator another fantastic tool and then uh outreach i've not used it i've heard plenty of positive things about it. So if you mm-hmm. don't mind spending you know, 20 seconds talking about how has outreach been uh, a great tool for you guys?
0: So it's early stages really in our use of, of outreach. And, and yeah. there's, again, there's a number of different sales engagement platforms out there, but what it, allows, it to, allows you to do is allows you to set up different sequences, whether that's a high touch sequence <clears throat> based on a, a particular uh, prospect that you're targeting medium or, or low touch so you 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 decide what the sequence is going to be and you automate it so typically Rean, what it always involve is personalization so you're not mass you know sending out a mass unpersonalized email the, the first email that goes out to the contact is personalized in recognition that you've done your research you've identified the prospect in the company and you're reaching out to them but after that then you set the sequence in place which pushes you forward to do the right things which might be If you don't get a response, then you follow up with a LinkedIn invite uh, connection request that a phone call comes in on a certain date, the second email goes out. So it's, it's all sequencing. And what we found so far, would you believe is that the third email seems to be the one where we're getting traction. And I can also say to you as well, the shorter the emails and the more to the point they are, the better.
1: Definitely the shorter and more to the point. If I get (coughs) them along, sometimes I won't even, I won't even read them. Um, Yeah couple other questions I want to ask in terms of um, growth plans. Um, You've taken on the new space. So are you planning to bring even more team members on board over the next 12 to 18 months?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we moved into the new HQ um, about eight weeks ago. So we have a very ambitious plan to grow the team out over the next number of months and years. We're a team of nine at the moment um, as, nice. as, 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 as a scale-up. Remember, our parent company, MacDevate is in the building as well. They're a very successful SME, which we've been spun out from. So yes, we have a very ambitious plan for growth. Um, but what I would say as well is that I'm not championing the fact that we're going to give a you know a big headline number of the amount of jobs we're going to create. Success for me is how efficient we can be with the resources that we have. <clears throat> Excuse me. So talent acquisition is a huge challenge, as you can well imagine, in our industry at the moment. Yeah. It's not it's not easy to get talent, um, and certainly, you know, there needs to be something of real interest to bring people on board to scale up. Um, our new CTO joined us um, recently, and you know, he, he was a great coup to bring him on board. He's a very experienced guy. He's worked with two startups that have scaled and gone on to to, to, to great to great things, and he wanted to come back down into this environment again um, as you know, a senior um, architect to ensure the platform we're developing out is. Is scalable, you know? So yeah, we're, we're very ambitious. I have to say in the next uh, couple of weeks and months,
1: you mentioned the word efficient with your resources that you currently have. So is there a tool out there that you use as a (laughs) CEO on a daily or weekly basis that you couldn't live without?
0: Oh yeah. There's, there's a number of them. There's a number of them. So one of the first decisions it can be controversial in a lot of companies, but we, we went all in on Google workspace uh, as opposed to Microsoft. Uh, what I've certainly found over the last few years in switching from Microsoft over to Google Workspace is the collaborative nature of, of, of uh, Google Workspace is superb. It really allows us to collaborate here in Ireland with our we have uh, developers in our development center in Mumbai um, much more efficiently in how we share and collaborate on calendars, how we're sharing and documents. So I would say Google Workspace is, is superb. Um, we also use a tool called Harvest, which is very, very good for time tracking. Time tracking. So we have a good handle on tracking the time that goes into developing software, developing new features. It gives us a good, a really good idea when we're building out anything new, roughly what do we think we're going to be estimating our, our resources to, um, you know, who are going to be working on and, and allocating them on different projects. So both those tools I think are, 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 are you know, I certainly would be, would be absolutely good to have them. And our, our CRM tool that we're using as well, that's absolutely essential. I mean, anybody who's trying to scale out a company not using a CRM tool is, isn't is really at the races, to be honest.
1: For sure. You are also a part-time lecturer at the at UL. Uh, on your LinkedIn, it says, in marketing principles and consumer behavior. What do you like or enjoy most about that?
0: Yeah, so that was a real baptism of fire. I was delighted to be asked um, by Yvonne Delaney and UL to, to do some lecturing. Uh, in the university. What I like most is being able to teach the practical application of what students are learning um, from an academic perspective to, to bring real-life stories and case studies that I've been involved in uh, and align them with the theory that they're actually learning from an, an academic perspective. Um, for me, it's also opened up and brought me back into academia. After, you know, It's a long time ago since I did my master's, so that's been hugely valuable to me as well. Um, and to be associated with the University of Limerick, I mean, it's it's on our doorstep here. Um, and you know it's it's an incredible institution that's you know expanding at a rate mm-hmm. or not. So I've enjoyed all of those things. It's also um, you know brought many new new connections for me because it's postgraduate level. So mm-hmm. the students are already working full time. Um, so you know, I've built out a, a great network of, of new contacts as well since I, since I've gotten involved with it. That's
1: amazing, especially from the the context point of view, you're basically just kind of getting a new wave of contacts every single year.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I haven't lectured now the last two modules, um, but um, certainly all throughout COVID is when I started. So it's all done awesome. online, all done online. So very little face to face, Rian, um, which 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 is a challenge because of COVID. Everything done digitally, using uh, using Moodle, which is the software they use over there. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's been been a great experience to date. I highly highly recommend it.
1: Final question for you, Tony, is if you were talking about education, if you were the Minister for Education and you had to add a mandatory subject to the secondary school curriculum that's not currently on it, what mandatory mandatory subject would you add and why?
0: That's a really interesting question. Um, a mandatory subject, I probably the marketeer in me again, Ryan, but I would pick communications. I think communications um, needs to be thought as a full-time subject. I think it's... it's um, it's something that really, when you come out into the workforce, that really sets you apart. Your ability to be able to communicate, to understand your audience. Everybody communicates differently. Introverts and extroverts communicate very different differently. So, I think communications would be something that I think I would I would love to see being brought in. Um, it's it's become even more important um, in the post COVID era era where people need to really dial up their interpersonal skills as well. So, yeah, I think communications would be would be the answer.
1: I like that answer. Tony, it's been a pleasure having you on the show for the last 25, 30 minutes. Um, I wish Likewise, you Ryan. and and, and MacMart's continued success. But for today we'll leave it there. I'll leave links to your websites, your LinkedIn account, anything else I mentioned, the uh, Cleaners uh, Foundation. If I've got that correct.
0: That's correct. Cleaners yeah. Foundation. Clean um, Cleaners.ie is the is the URL.
1: Perfect. I'll put all them wherever you're listening or watching to this. But thanks again for being my
0: guest today, Tony. Really, it's nice a pleasure. Thanks very much.
1: This young metro do trust you. I'm gonna shoot. You. Beautiful morning. You're the sun of my morning, baby.